This week's show is brought to you by Sharpbox, professional quality cutlery. Don't let a dull knife ruin your family's next great meal. Sharpbox is a leading provider of professional quality knives made from the finest ceramic blades money can buy. Slice, dice, and chop your way to a better kitchen with the Sharpbox line of ceramic knives. Visit them online at tiny.cc sharpbox. Companies are losing control. What happens on Wall Street no longer stays on Wall Street. What happens in Vegas ends up on YouTube. <laughs> Reputations are volatile, loyalties are fickle. That's Tim Liebrecht, and he's giving a TED Talk back in 2012 on business control, specifically to do with marketing. At the time this talk was being recorded, Tim was the chief marketing officer for NBBJ, a global design and architecture firm. A recent survey said that 27% of bosses believe their employees are inspired by their firm. However, in the same survey, only 4% of employees agree. Companies are losing control of their customers and their employees. But are they really? This is the million dollar question. Is there a specific amount of control that you just can't possibly have over your own company? I mean, there are obviously forces outside of our control in our everyday lives, but does that mean it translates over to business as well? And if that is the case, is there a way that we can eliminate this loss of control? How can we take back what is rightfully ours? I mean, we did build it after all. We deserve to be the ones calling the shots. Or do we? But before we get to that conversation, let's jump into this week's news headlines. First up, we have Connecticut startups get a tool to register online. This coming from the Stanford Advocate. Finally, it only took what feels like forever for the state government to join the rest of us in the 21st century, at least from a business registration aspect. Quote, Connecticut Secretary of State Denise Merrill unveiled a new website Tuesday allowing entrepreneurs to register limited liability companies and corporations with their office. The first time online registration has been an option. Connecticut joins New York and Massachusetts offering online business registration. The business registration process is one that has generated stacks of paper each year for the state. 30,000 limited liability companies are filed in Connecticut in a given year, and at times errors as well as those forms are entered into the state's digital databases. Now, while the system is far from perfect, obviously, we are in Connecticut after all, uh, there does seem to be um, some slight technical issues with the site since it's a rollout. Uh, I have had a difficult time myself trying to access it, but it is still a step in the right direction. Now, the most exciting thing to come out of this story, it's the fact that we as business owners can now get an email reminder for those annual reports we have to file. And we just, at least I do, I always seem to forget about that, that it even exists until it's a day before I have to do it. So just the fact that we're gonna get a simple email to tell us to do it is gonna be worth it in its own right. For story number two, the new overtime rule could benefit nearly 50,000 Connecticut workers. This coming from the Hartford Business Journal. The White House revealed the new rule for salaried employees in the U.S., making several more of them available to receive overtime pay. Quote, starting later this year, millions more workers will become eligible for overtime pay. Nearly 50,000 Connecticut workers could benefit. 
Under a new rule announced by the White House on Tuesday, anybody making a salary of less than $47,476, also equivalent to $913 a week, will automatically qualify for overtime pay when they work more than 40 hours a week. The Labor Department estimates the rule change could result in additional $12 billion in pay for workers over the next decade. Now, the change is expected to affect uh, mostly the retail and restaurant industries, but it's also going to affect uh, almost all of the private sector industries as well as government offices and nonprofits, from social service organizations to universities and things like that. While this is a good thing for several of the employees in some of these uh, hours and pay-restricted industries, uh, us as employers are now faced with something else that we have to deal with when it comes to paying employees. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to follow the story and see how this affects the business economy and job market in Connecticut, which is already very strained, uh, especially with the new budget. Third up on the list, Uber testing out a self-driving car. Yeah, you heard that right. This coming from Business Insider. Chalk this one up to one of the strangest business model pivots I have ever seen. Quote, Uber said on Thursday that it plans to test a self-driving car on the streets of Pittsburgh, the first step towards becoming a company that uses robots to power its taxi service instead of drivers. This means the people around Pittsburgh will likely spot a few unique-looking Ford Fusions driving around the city's bridges and streets in the coming weeks. The defining feature of Uber's self-driving cars is that they have a battery of sensors installed on their roofs. From Uber's announcement blog post, Quote, the car, a hybrid Ford Fusion, will be collecting mapping data as well as testing its self-driving capabilities. When it's in self-driving mode, a trained driver will be in the driver's seat monitoring operations. The Uber ATC car comes outfitted with a variety of sensors including radars, laser scanners, and high-resolution cameras to map the details of the environment. Now, to call this a shocking announcement is a very big understatement. It's not news that Uber was looking into the possibility of utilizing self-driving cars. They did open up their lab in Pittsburgh over a year ago. But it felt like just another company jumping on that bandwagon. Creating a self-driving car is really the new fad in technology. But out of all the companies that would be looking to replace the human driver force, I wouldn't have ever guessed that Uber, a company that only exists because of a massive human driver force, would be a real competitor. I just don't know where else to take this story. Story number four. YouTube could be worth more than Google search. This coming from CNBC. According to an angel investor, YouTube will eventually be more valuable to Google than the search engine franchise that it founded. Quote, I think there's a chance that YouTube will eventually be more valuable to Google than the search franchise, entrepreneur and angel investor Jason Calacanis said. I know that sounds crazy given what an amazing juggernaut and money printing machine the search franchise is, but it is a truly international business and people are spending a large amount of time on it, and they're combining the branding of video-based advertising with the ability to target specific groups of people. YouTube is six Twitters and a Tesla on top in terms of how much money Google has made from it, said Calacanis, a dot-com-era entrepreneur who most recently founded Inside.com. Netting as many as 30 billion total views a day, YouTube could be worth 67 to $86 billion, according to Bernstein Research Group analyst Carlos Kirchner. Yes, this does sound a bit crazy right off the bat, like Calacanis says, but I don't think he's wrong. YouTube has rapidly become the gold standard of video sharing and hosting, just as Google did with Search. The difference? 
video is much more lucrative and generates far greater profits than advertising for search results. Everything, specifically in business and marketing, is shifting to video. It just makes sense that profits and value would also be making that shift. And for our fifth story of the week, Fairfield Business Program climbs on the Bloomberg Index. This coming from the CT Post. If you business owners are looking for the next young managerial and business operations talent, you might want to be looking at this year's graduating class from Fairfield University. Quote, Fairfield University's Charles F. Dolan School of Business led all undergraduate business programs in Connecticut on a Bloomberg ranking, falling just short of cracking the top 40 programs nationally. Villanova University was the top program on the index, which couples employer and student surveys with salary and internship data to rank schools. The University of Notre Dame and Boston College were the next two top-ranked schools, with New York University's NYU Stern School of Business ranked ninth nationally to lead all programs in the tri-state area. Fairfield University ranked 43rd nationally, up from 58th last year. Yale wasn't included in this ranking, but regardless of where they would have fallen, this is a huge accomplishment by the staff and curriculum put forth by Fairfield. They climbed 15 spots and are competing with some of the best schools in the country. So, like I said, if you are looking for young business talent, don't scoff at the Stags 2016 graduating class. That's going to do it for this week's news headlines. Let's now move into our main topic discussion. I'm a marketer, and as a marketer, I know that I've never really been in control. Again, that's Tim Liebrecht, former CMO of NBBJ and current public speaker. This week, I wanted to bring in a second voice for this discussion. But since I couldn't get Tim on the phone or in studio, we'll have to settle for his 2012 talk at TED Global. Your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room, the saying goes. Hyperconnectivity and transparency allow companies to be in that room now, 24-7. They can listen and join the conversation. In fact, they have more control over the loss of control than ever before. They can design for it, but how? Tim is talking about something we as business owners and marketers struggle with on a daily basis. What are people saying about your business when you aren't there to defend it? This is what makes or breaks what you do, what you sell, and determines what a potential customer thinks of when they are confronted with your brand. But, as Tim says, the advent of new technology gives us new power to be in the room as these backdoor meetings are being held and our brands are being discussed. But should we be using this power, or is it just another case of putting too much on our plates and ignoring teams we have built up around us? According to Mr. Liebrecht, giving up control is the way that we can actually gain a tighter grip on our business as a whole. First of all, they can give employees and customers more control. They can collaborate with them on the creation of ideas, knowledge, content, designs, and product. They can give them more control over pricing, which is what the band Radiohead did with its pay-as-you-like online release of its album in Rainbows. Buyers could determine the price, but the offer was exclusive and only stood for a limited period of time. The album sold more copies than previous releases of the band. The Danish chocolate company Anton Berg opened a so-called generous store in Copenhagen. 
It asks customers to purchase chocolate with a promise of good deeds towards loved ones. It turned transactions into interactions and generosity into a currency. While I'm not expecting you to give away your products and services in exchange for a good deed or a kind gesture, there is something to be said for giving your employees and partners more control of decision-making and operations of the business in general. While you are setting yourself up for short-term issues with being bombarded with questions and suggestions, it turns out that you are actually saving yourself the long-term aggravation of having to do everything yourself while simultaneously alienating your staff and making them feel less connected than ever before. Research has shown that giving employees more control over their work makes them happier and more productive. The Brazilian company Semco Group famously lets employees set their own work schedules and even their salaries. Hulu and Netflix, among other companies, have open vacation policies. According to Tim, it's a balancing act. While giving your team more control over company decisions and things like pricing has its perks, it also can lead to overwhelming schedules and a higher burnout rate. There's a thin line that you have as a business owner that you need to walk, but it shouldn't be a guessing game along the way. Open dialogue and ease of communication are the most effective weapons a leader has in the fight against complacency and a lack of employer-employee identity. Now, since he's been a fantastic sort of guest this week, I'll let Tim finish. After all, he does say it best. Companies are the makers of their fortune, and like all of us, they are utterly exposed to serendipity. That should make them more humble, more vulnerable, and more human. At the end of the day, as hyperconnectivity and transparency expose companies' behavior in broad daylight, Staying true to their true selves is the only sustainable value proposition. Or as the ballet dancer Alonso King said, what's interesting about you is you. For the true selves of companies to come through, openness is paramount. But radical openness is not a solution because when everything is open, nothing is open. A smile is a door that is half open and half closed, the author Jennifer Egan wrote. Companies can give their employees and customers more control or less. They can worry about how much openness is good for them and what needs to stay closed. Or they can simply smile and remain open to all possibilities. Thank you. Well, for both Tims here today, uh, I'd like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. As always, make sure you head over to our website, that is businesssolutionct.com slash ctbizcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash tdfarrell. Uh, you can follow the business on Twitter at twitter.com slash businessct. And again, follow us on Facebook and for the show, please subscribe and share. You can get us on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.